0: Chris and Chris Talk
1: Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Uddleston, And today, we are both very excited to be talking to you about the 1990 Catherine Bigelow film, Blue Steel. I think
0: you're the most beautiful woman I've
1: ever seen. Why would you want to
0: become a cop?
1: I like to slam people's heads up against walls. Jamie Lee Curtis is a cop yeah. with a
0: problem. From it! On the force! Put the gun down now! <laughs> Twenty-four hours on the
1: force, and she's already blown some poor slob's face off. No gun found at the scene, officer. It's only nothing on the victim. The men on the force won't believe her.
0: It was there. I saw it.
1: The man at her side can't help her. I think somebody out there likes you. And the man in her arms. Is the killer?
0: We have to stop him. Death. the
1: greatest kick of all. Blue Steel. A point blank thrill. Do you have a synopsis for us? Mr. I Mark. do. As you
0: said, this is a 1990 Catherine Bigelow film. And the synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes says, When rookie cop Megan Turner, Jamie Lee Curtis, kills a convenience store robber, she does not notice when psychotic commodities trader Eugene Hunt, Ron Silver, takes the dead man's gun. With no weapon at the crime scene, the police hold Turner accountable for killing an unarmed man. Meanwhile, Hunt uses the stolen weapon to go on a killing spree. Turner teams up with Detective Nick Mann, Clancy Brown, to clear her name and catch the killer. An unexpected romance complicates matters. So, uh, this was a new one for both of us. Correct. Uh, Neither, neither of us had seen it. So what did you, what were your thoughts? Well, I,
1: I mean, I, there's a lot of it I liked and there was some of it that I'd like to pick apart that I thought was a little problematic. Um, obviously this is one of Catherine Bigelow's early films. I, I sort of loved going back to 1990 New York City. There, the the World Trade Towers are there in the background. Oh, you know what? I didn't even I didn't even you catch know? it. I did not notice. Walking around the streets of 1990s New York City felt real, um, and it triggered a kind of a nostalgia in me. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is a movie star. Even at this young age, she's you know. It's hard to take your eyes off of her. She just, there's something about her that's completely watchable. I think the cast does a good job. One of my only problems with the directing is a sort of a sense of pacing. Seems a little off to me. And Ron Silver. Um... You know at his best, like when he's playing crazy with a K, I think he's really effective. Like you really buy that he is crazy. But, well, before I dive too much into it, this is kind of my top level thought. What are What are some of your top
0: level thoughts here? Hold it. Go on. ahead. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> no? It might come back. Um, I... I think I liked this more than what you did. I, um, uh, you know, I was thinking no one involved with this movie: Catherine Bigelow, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ron Silver, uh, Clancy Brown. This is, you know, this w- would not be the first movie that someone would mention of them. It's probably not the fifth or the tenth movie that someone would would mention of theirs. But um, I thought in particular and this is good since she's the lead but i thought jamie lee curtis was outstanding and this is a very you know we know her you know the halloween movies um you know or what that's you know probably gonna be on her tombstone was halloween um but also now that she has an oscar you know people are are always going to mention um everything everywhere all at once She's also known for comedies like 48 hours or not 48 hours, uh, trading Trading places Places. and a fish called Wanda. So, you know, she's very, she's a cop, so she's tough to a degree, but she's also very vulnerable. And you always, I feel are with the character in this, um, you know, and there's some, uh, um, this is my, you know, I like to call it the, uh, the get off my lawn portion of the podcast, you know, we don't, these kind of movies are not made now. You know, this is a, this is a thriller, but it's also a drama. Um, and so she gets to show a lot of emotional range I felt. And, um, I really like that Clancy Brown gets to just be a regular, just a guy, you know, because he plays, you know, He's probably most known for, uh, Highlander. He's just that unhinged evil character that he is in, in Highlander, but he, you know, he's played a lot of quirky roles over the years, but he's just a, just a, a man, you know, and, and in, in the beginning, you think, Oh, you're not going to like this guy, but you know, he's on her side. And, and, uh, um, and like you said, Ron, Ron Silver, uh, I mean, maybe not the first choice to, to be in this, in this role, but, um, and, you know, I thought uh, uh, there's some sad scenes in this film for a thriller. You know, she she's basically kind of this lonely, you know, single woman in the city. And she so to, to delve a little more into the plot, she shoots Tom Sizemore in a convenience store uh, who is holding up the convenience store. Um, and later, I want to come back to this specific scene. There's some a couple of things I want to talk about with it. But she shoots and kills him. He drops his gun. And Ron Silver is in the uh, supermarket and takes the gun. It lands next to him. And he just sneaks out with it you know, in the confusion. And then he just starts going around killing people. And he becomes obsessed with her and starts a relationship with her. And there's this scene where... You know, they have a few dates and then she goes to his apartment and, you know, they're, you know, they're getting ready to have sex and she has her gun and he said, and she's going to take the gun off. And and he says, keep the gun on. And, uh, and then he wants her to point it at her or at him. And then, you know, he admits that he is now, you know, he's gotten the gun, he's going around killing people and he's saying, they're the same. And I just, there's a, you know, there's a, some several seconds of her realization that it's like, Oh, I, you know, she seemingly was starting to fall for this guy. And then he turns out to be a homicidal killer. And I just thought, you know, how sad that is, you know, and, and, uh, we get to the, you know, spoiler alert, she kills him at the end. I mean, you know, that's going to happen, but the movie just ends with her. So her best friend gets killed, uh, Clancy Brown almost dies. I mean, you don't really know what his fate is. He's in a hospital bed. And, you know, she shoots and kills Ron Silver. And the final shot of the movie is her just sitting in her car, just kind of with her head down. And another police officer, you know, a male police officer lifts her out. And that's the, and then the credits roll, you know. There's no one-liners, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. It just... The fact that we don't get... Maybe today this would be a Netflix series. It wouldn't be a Netflix movie. Um, But I just, I don't know. I just find myself increasingly, I guess, as we get older, I think I want to see... I still love to watch, you know, cheesy stuff and sci-fi and all that. But I think I more and more want to just say, see movies about people and there's no... Nothing's computer generated, you know <laughs> what I mean That was a big ramble, but I don't know. back to you.
1: No, I get all of that. I don't disagree with all of that i let me let me go into some of the things that took me out of it a little bit. Um, so just from a script perspective, I thought there were some problems with the script, right? The first thing that really happens is she is across the street. She's, you know, just standing around waiting on her friend or whatever and looks across the street and can see in through the window of a convenience store where a stick up is in progress. So she sneaks out the back. She goes around. She comes in the back of this this store where it's happening. She gets the drop on the guy with the gun. She says, you know, drop it. Police. Guess what? He doesn't. There's a bunch of witnesses on the ground. He's threatening the cashier. He spins, says something like "Die, copper," and she plugs him a lot. Blam, 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 blam. Like she has, you know, six, Five nine rounds. Six, yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, she has, you know, thirty-eight special, whatever that is, and she empties the gun into him, and and he drops his big forty-four. Uh, it falls right in front of Ron Silver's face. He gets a very comic look in his eye, I mm-hmm. thought. But we understand that he's having a moment where he's. this is a new chapter in his life. He he slips the gun, slips away, and they take her down to the station, and they immediately blame her. And I thought, that yeah, that was what I wanted to come back to. <laughs> Cops. The first thing a cop doesn't do is blame the other cop. The first thing cops do is they circle up. They they protect their own, right? I mean, there's this scene with her police chief. He's like, "What do you think you're doing? You emptied your gun, and he was an unarmed man. We asked the guy, and he, we, nobody saw. This is a forty four, It's a huge gun. It's a gun the size of my forearm. It's a giant weapon. And they're like, the guy, and he was pointing it right in the clerk's face. And the clerk can't remember. He says, maybe it was a knife. There's no security cameras. Even in 1990, there's nothing taking pictures of this. Mm -hmm. Even if there's not. Even if there's not. The first thing the cops say is probably a clean shooting. Justifiable. Right? I mean, I think that the movie is supposed to point up some misogyny. She's a female cop. She's young. There's definitely strains of that. And I'm not saying that's implausible, but this guy has it here. Her chief has it in for her from the second this happens and nobody believes her. And then they find a, a dead body with her name scratched in it. They say there's only one other person with her name in the entire of New York city, which I find Yeah. Impossible to believe because her name is not like Google Thorpe Mamble. It's Megan (laughs) Taylor or something like that. You're telling me there's only one other Megan Taylor. She's 86 and we don't think it was her. Like, Mm -hmm. give me a break. This is New York. Anyway, so so then they find out that, you know, there's this guy is sort of associated with her. And the first time it's like, well, he's a well-respected businessman, you know, come on, we can't, he's connected, we can't make it stick. Okay, we've heard all that before. In short order, there's another incident and he's there. And then in short order, there's yet another incident and he's there. And you're just kind of like guys you know do some police work what's right. the common thread here this this guy is always there wherever she is and whoop it's this she's this crazy cop it, it bodies yeah. keep piling up with her name on it i mean they know she's not doing it i just was
0: like i do better police work than this this is insane yeah the and that's what i was going to come back to the shooting there's no way that she would have she they would have given her a medal you know it's like hey your first I don't know if it was her first day on the job or first week on the job or whatever, even if they didn't find the gun. And it's it is laughable that they said, well, the clerk maybe thought it was a knife. Who cares? It was a knife. He was armed. He was holding the place up and and he was threatening people there. There's no way that anything would happen to a cop in that situation. I mean, maybe in 1990. I don't don't know, but not in 2023. Who's who's accusing her? Yeah. Right. Who's pressing charges? The perp is dead. Yeah, and none of the people in the store were like she came in and shot this innocent guy. It was this Right. Doing
1: no, yeah. they were all like he was robbing the store, she saved
0: us, right? Case right. closed. Medal. Yeah. Citation was... for valor. Right. And the and it's not even really you you don't even really need that tension in the movie, you know. The, you 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 don't have to have her be suspended or whatever. I mean, the guy can can still be going around committing you know killing people. Sure. and her not believe that they don't believe her on that, or it's just like ah, we can't you know he's an upstanding citizen. There's nothing. You know, our he, hands are tied until I mean, we have
1: some happen. evidence against him. There's right. nothing we can do. Right, but. You, the worst, Clancy Brown, the worst he says is like, oh, we should keep an eye on this guy. And they're like, oh, shut up, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They don't believe him either. You know. What are you
1: doing? Even he's like, um, I don't know. It does seem sort of fishy. Like he's not. Yeah. He's her closest ally. And, and he's not even. And he's a detective. The other thing that bothered me about this movie is Ron Silver's crazy guy. Because he's kind of two crazies stitched together in a way that didn't feel like a real crazy to me. He is sometimes the very organized, very charismatic, very manipulative sociopath, a la Hannibal Lecter, who is manipulating her and staging a scene that he can blame on her when they show up, right? I mean, he's thinking three steps ahead, right? Right. It's plausible to me that that guy would put all of his cards on the table and tell her, you know, you're fated. You and I are the same. We're going to be together. Right. It's plausible. There's another thing. When He's like lifting weights. He starts to hear voices like he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is also uh, entertainingly crazy. Like he does a good job playing that crazy. I just don't think it's the same guy. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think that the manipulative psychopath that drives this drama... He has a lawyer played by our guy. I can <laughs> never remember his name.
0: Oh, what, keep talking and I'll look at him. Who does yeah, a wonderful a very,
1: job of being the kind of annoying lawyer. Like, my client, you'll get him. You know, right? Mad dog lawyer. And he's, um, he's
0: very young, but he's probably 35, but he looks like he's 55. Right, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but no, not that's wrong. Go, go ahead, Richard Jenkins. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. Um, yeah, I had the same. I was thinking of the same thing because there's a scene where late in the movie where he buries the gun, and then and he goes out and he's it. digging it up like a dog. And you know, it's like, and I was thinking, okay, somebody this crazy, right? Would they be able to keep things together in order to? And it's not even like. And I thought, well, you know. You had like, uh, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was this insane person, right. but he was only, you know, he was killing like people sort of on the outskirts of society. Whereas there is one scene where Ron Silver um, kills a prostitute, but the rest of the time he's just killing like the first I don't know if it was the first person. I think it was the first person. He just kills an old man on the sidewalk in Manhattan. You know? Right. I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not like he's just killing like drug addicts and, and uh, prostitutes that nobody cares about. You know, he's, he's he's not even careful about it. You know? Yeah.
1: He's not even careful about it. shoots this guy in the middle of the crosswalk Mm. and you're like, well, I don't know what part of the city. And you're like, it's New York city. There's never not people around. Right. Right. Yeah. Just in broad, I mean, it's a night, but it's right out in the open. And then when he kills the prostitute, we don't see him kill her. But then he's up on a roof or something, and he sort of strips naked. Rubs
0: her blood all over himself. Yeah, he
1: has her dress, which is distinctive, and it's soaked in her blood.
0: And he sort of literally paints his whole body in it. And you're like... So there would just be DNA. Well, I mean, I don't know they had DNA in 1990, but there'd be fingerprints and stuff everywhere. There'd be evidence. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. and somebody would see this,
1: I mean, right. you roll your eyes and you go only in New York, it's probably not real blood, it's some weirdo, but you'd
0: note it, yeah, right I mean it's not it's, even in New York, it's not every day you're seeing a naked guy on top of a building no, rubbing blood all over himself, you know
1: it's upsetting, you know, yeah. you don't just ignore it it just struck me as unless he's like a multiple personality, and they just didn't get that into it like. No. If one of his personalities is a crazy manipulative, you know, controlling sociopath and the other is a disorganized, you know, I just didn't feel like it's the same. Felt a little bit like the bad guy. They wanted to have their cake and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. And or maybe they're like, oh, well, he doesn't seem crazy enough. Give him a scene where he's like hearing voices or something. I I didn't. Yeah, didn't track for me. So, I mean, but those two things. Kind of drive the movie, and I felt like it sort of lost me. I got about halfway, two thirds of the way through it before I was kind of like, I don't know, know." you know, I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to get over them.
0: Yeah, I think I more just kind of went with, I guess, again, even though there's some big leaps of logic, you know, some suspension of disbelief, it's also it seems like if a movie like this were made now, it would be so much more over the top than what, you know, it would be them falling off of buildings and, you know, and not getting hurt and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think, I think I just, I was refreshed by the the fact that it was a pretty simple, you know, fairly straight ahead thriller, that adult thriller that we just don't get anymore, you know? And yeah. I think I just kind of overlooked and, and just sort of went with, I really liked the, you know, overall, I really like the direction. I really like the performances. And, you know, there's even there's a there's a little kind of tiny subplot with her parents where the her father is abusive to the the mother, which didn't necessarily. Um, you know, that probably could have been cut as well. But it also was, you know, she's going to arrest her father and he starts crying. And, you know, I, I just I thought that was well done. You know, uh. yeah, I agree with you about the over the top.
1: I, I I think a thriller can be just I mean, there can be guns and there can be a killer and things like that. But that can be made exciting enough, you know, because you wonder. Sure. Oh, so why? Why did this young woman want to be a cop? She's not coming from a family of cops. Right. And then you find out, oh, her father is violent, you know, and maybe it, But they don't explain or it they kind of mm-hmm. explore it and i really liked that yeah her relationship with her friend felt true and real vital and uh, you know i thought that and so the scene in which her friend is shot really was affecting you're just, oh my god you know it's relatively early in the film but you're you're already invested in that character and there's just there's some stuff that i feel like they could have fleshed out a little bit more you know her friend tries to set her up and he's a cpa and she has a um uh our our heroine what's her name in the film i keep megan uh megan yeah yeah has a kind of a dark streak right megan so people Turner. are like oh why do you want to be a cop and she'll sort of get a mischievous look on her face and she's like, i like to bash people's heads into walls And the guy's like, okay, it's nice meeting you. People look unsettled, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she kind of likes to rattle cages. That was an interesting character thing that she doesn't overplay. And I just would have liked to see a little bit more of her personality fleshed out in this. We could have seen less of the bad guy. Frankly, we didn't need as much of him on screen. Mm -hmm. He could have just shown up. When he was in scenes with her, we don't need to see what he's doing much, as much as we do. We kind of follow him almost half the time, I feel like. Yeah.
0: And he doesn't have that much to do except be crazy. Right? Yeah. We see him on the stock market, on the floor of the stock exchange a couple of times, but that's about it. Okay. That's kind of establishing. But you know
1: what I mean? It just Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, so... Are we, is this a bait and switch? Are we setting him up as a romantic interest? And then we're going to find out he's the killer, but no, because we see him from the very beginning, see the gun. So it's sort of like, what, 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 you know, what, what's the game? What's the dance we're doing here? Um, I thought it could have gone a couple of different ways, but it kind of went multiple things at the same time, and it they sort of spoil each other. So, Mm. from the minute he's taking her out on a date, I'm like, okay, so my skin is supposed to be crawling because she actually likes this guy, and I know he's nuts, right? But my skin wasn't particularly crawling. I it just I don't know. Yeah, does that you know what I mean? I did very much enjoy it not being like a big Bruce Willis here's my one liner yeah
0: you know um and you know there were in the 80s and 90s there were a million of these kind of films and i think i don't think audience of audiences have changed so much that a you know that the right movie like this couldn't break through again and you know just be kind of a mid-budget movie with whoever in it and it Finds an audience,
1: you know. There is so much going on. I mean, not that there's any more or any less at any given time, but there, people's day-to-day lives. You don't have to go far to find a desperate story where somebody Mm -hmm. is, you know. And so you can, it can be a story about a divorce, or it can be a story about, you know, a violent ex. Uh, you it it can be pretty pretty commonplace drama and then you can set it in all different kinds of places in the country where the politics, for example, are just part of the backdrop, right? Um, It doesn't have to be a, a movie with a moral about abortion or about guns, but there are big resonant issues going on right now that I think amplify an everyday drama you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know, be like, oh, that's boring. A divorce story. <laughs> it's a drama that a lot of people in this country can relate to in in first person ways, and you can you can really make it riveting, character driven.
0: I I I would love to see more. Just I mean, a Kramer versus Kramer. You know, that could a remake of Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, but, it, but you could also it make okay. it. A th- you could make a thriller,
1: like it could we, be a cop oh, sure, thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, it could be any genre, but it just doesn't need to be big with a capital B. Right, and it's so it doesn't need to be expensive either.
0: Yeah, and you, I think the you, same thing with even not just thrillers but action movies. You know, I was I was listening to another podcast and they had reviewed something from the eighties. You know, like a kind of a cheesy action movie, and they were saying how, you know, they were kind of lamenting that yes, those movies were over the top, but uh, they're not over the top the way they are now. And they were saying how, well, you know, action movies have to kind of compete against superheroes. But, you know, I was thinking, I think the audience can make the distinction between Superman flying around the moon and a guy in a muscle car driving through the moon, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I, 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 I think they're you know, like we watched, uh, do you remember, uh, the guest that we watched with, you know, yeah. the, uh, and that, you know, that was very much, I liked it cause it was very much an eighties, even though it took place in modern day, it was very much an eighties, um, throwback. And you had, yes, you know, Again, suspension of disbelief in that. You know, the guy's dodging all kinds of bullets and everything. But, you know, he didn't... There were still things a human could do, you know, in in the movie. And I I think... I know for me... um, And I guess there's the John Wick movies, which I haven't seen any of them. But uh, I used to... they're, They're cartoony. Okay. I used to really like action movies. And I don't like new action movies because... They're just not grounded in any kind of reality at all, you know, um, and, and I think you can have a certain amount of cheese, but still have it. You know, I always come back to the original Die Hard, you know, but you can and have... the same thing with thrillers. They don't have to be insane and over the, and completely over the top to be effective.
1: You can have a, a bar fight, right? And, and you can choreograph a bar fight in such a way that isn't a superhero movie choreography and it can still be electric. Like a, 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 a realistically choreographed hand-to-hand fight scene doesn't need to look like Mortal Kombat where everybody's got moves and a style and it's all, you know? Yeah. It couldn't it feel realistic and knock down drag out and you can still have it go on long enough to be a scene in a film which is a little implausible fights don't generally last very long um when when both parties are in earnest they either get broken up or one person knocks the other person out or kills the other person basically they both get tired nobody can fight for 5 straight minutes it's i mean what are we all MMA guys like come on it's exhausting fighting um i think i think i think people are actually hungry for it i think if you made a a more, you know, human scale action film. You can st- it could still be about a badass, but he could be a guy who is badass because he doesn't quit and he's willing to do what, you know, he doesn't need to drive his car through the moon or even drive his car over a moving train. Um yeah, you know, because we used to make those movies and they were riveting.
0: <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens with um this R- Roadhouse remake that they're doing with Jake Gyllenhaal, because you know that original one is a cheesy movie, but we watched it I guess last year f- for the show, and yes, there's plenty of cheese in it, but you also have you know well choreographed fights that aren't the most insane thing you've ever seen in your life. Right. You know? So I wonder if they're going to put crazy car chases and all kinds of things like that, and or if they will keep the tone closer to the original movie
1: <laughs> yeah they could go either way with it you know they could try and update it for a modern audience or they could try and make it the fondue festival that it was
0: <laughs> i just think and you know i think tv is is evident of this because all the stuff that that you know that i talk about that i lament that no longer exists is basically series now yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't think necessarily audiences just, you just keep having to one up the next thing. You, you, you know, I, I, I think eventually it gets to where It's is like, what can you do? You know, what can you do that people haven't seen before? I, I don't know. I don't know where, but, it, but ultimately I, you know, I think there's always going to be room for good stories and, um, just, you know. Caring about characters, I agree. I that was
1: some of my favorite stuff in this. Was the performances yeah. and yeah, I yeah. think. Um, as I as I look back on all my comments, I think it's really there was some, some directing decisions that could very well have been in post. Um, and I think the script was thin in a couple of core places, you know? And, and there's not really, once you start shooting, there's not too much you can do about that. Um,
0: right. Yeah. I definitely, after seeing, I mean, saw her in everything, uh, everywhere all at once, but also having watched these last three Halloween movies that she was in that are really bad. Uh, but i still, I still watched him. It it was just nice to see. Wow. I mean, she, she really has range, um, you know, that, that I don't think she's been able to, I mean, I haven't seen her entire filmography, so maybe there's some other performances like this, but she really has range that I don't think she's been, you know, cause she got sort of pigeonholed pigeonholed in that scream queen. Um, uh, category and and i don't think she's really always been able to show what she could do well
1: she's a terrific dramatic actor and the the real coup is that she's also genuinely funny yeah i mean i think a fish called wanda you know and true lies it's hard to it's hard to say this but she came if she didn't succeed she came real close to stealing everything everywhere all at once yeah and that is an almost an unstealable movie i mean the performances in that are so bonkers from everybody but i she made a, a real strong effort at walking away with that movie her character is fantastic mm-hmm.
0: yeah why don't she has the oscar for it you know yep. to show yep. uh um So I don't know. Is there anything more to say about this one? No, I don't think so. I mean, um,
1: we were going to watch Prayer of the Roller Boys, and Uh you just you texted me, and
0: you were like, couldn't even get halfway through it. You're like, I just can't. So I got to thinking we have our, um, as we're recording this, I think this is episode 147, so we have 150 coming up. And so we probably ought to, you know brainstorm a little bit and that would maybe be fun to do one something dumb that we watch together and maybe that would you know that's the only way i i could see watching that this movie is watching it you know with a friend or friends just with some drinks or whatever but i don't know like i only got 20 or so minutes it wasn't as it's not funny i was expecting it to be it's not even unintentionally funny. It's just—I they are playing it very earnest, but they're everybody's going around on rollerblades, you know, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, it and there's a really bad kid actor in it. I mean, really bad. Um, so yeah, I so apologies what? to anybody that was excited maybe about what our thoughts were going to be about it this. It didn't but.
1: sound to me like you were even having fun. I wasn't watching no. it. Yeah. So I, I don't, that's not a high recommendation for me. I yeah. Know. I was just, well, we can so I was happy. I
0: I was happy when you said you hadn't watched it. Cause I was really like, I really just, and I just, so I just immediately after you said, Hey, let's watch the other movie. I immediately just switched to that. And was like, okay, there
1: have great. been a couple of times when you were like, Oh, Hey, have you watched this yet? I'm like, yes, I have. And we are doing it. <laughs> so we I'm have to gonna, do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to have watched that for nothing. <laughs>
0: I was afraid that was going to be the case. And I was like, God, I'm 20 minutes into this. I got to watch the rest of this. But, um, before we do our wrap up, this is totally off the subject. But one thing that we have not talked about, and I've seen, I've been amazed. I talked to a couple other people that I know who are into it. Um, that I'm just amazed I haven't really heard much discussion about. Did you watch the newest season of The Mandalorian? I've only seen a little bit of it. I haven't so, watched it all. I've just seen no... It just came and went. Like, I've not seen anybody talking about it. And, uh, I again, I talked to a friend who's a big Star Wars fan, and she was like, I tried to watch the first episode, and I fell asleep. And she said, I haven't I haven't gotten back to the... You know, and she liked the other seasons. So, I don't... It's just a little... And it looked like, you know, it wasn't like critics were panning it, but Rotten Tomatoes, the first two seasons, were both over 90, and this was like an 85. Um, so I don't know. It just, I wonder Maybe if it's it was just like, fatigue. Maybe. Yeah. Cause
1: I know I'm like with the star Wars cinematic universe and the Marvel cinematic universe. I'm just, you just can't keep up. I mean, oh. I don't know how anybody would even watch everything and they just keep metastasizing. And then now it's going to be like a Sokatano and you're like, well, how many seasons are there going to be of that? Like, I mean, I got, it's just so much content. And
0: I think, you know, they I think you're seeing the fatigue creep in because you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is doing well, but you know, I I think you get into those B characters like Ant Man and I I think they can only I don't think you can make, you know, 10 ant-man movies like you can make 10 spider-man movies you know i I think ultimately it's going to shake out where people are okay they make another spider-man i'm going to show up for that but some of these other characters you know and i think i think marvel thought they because they've had the magic touch but it's like okay when you get to the c and d characters or do people you know is it how long is that going to work you know where
1: Well, for me too, it was when they got to the end of that first 10 years and they did the uh, Avengers arc, right? And it's the end game. And then some of those characters tap out, right? So now Captain America, there's going to be a turnover. And and now Iron Man, there's going to be a turnover. And you're kind of like, I mean, I'm exhausted just yet. I feel like I just ran a marathon with you guys. And I'm not like, great, let's go. Let's pop another beer and let's go another 26 miles. I'm like, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not in it for the brand. I enjoyed, you know what I mean? It just oh, yeah.
0: feels tired. The whole thing sure. feels tired. So what are you to do? And even as a lifelong comic book fan, when they get to some of these other characters or they reboot Iron Man or they reboot, and you know, you as, as much as anything, You are invested in the actors as much as you are the, the, um, and you know, we've had a bunch of guys play Spider-Man and we've had a bunch of guys play Batman and it's worked, but also those are two of the most iconic characters ever, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, I will say the trailer for the new DC, the flash actually looks interesting. I mean, it's a trailer, so I don't know. You never know if Df- DC can do one thing, they can find a way to mess it up, but yeah. And I'm not particularly invested in that character either. I just think the trailer All the flash lo- now, I looks I, kind I, of everybody's... multiverse and multiple Batmans and I'm like, yeah, everybody well, I, I wants to know, see maybe. the movie to
0: see Keaton come back. You know, I mean, that's as much as anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, I and mean, I was, I, I really, really enjoyed the first two Mandalorian seasons and it's just like, I mean, I guess I'll watch it at some point, but it's just, I don't know. It's just strange how it's, how it fizzled, but. I've
1: had it in my queue and I've gone down to my dad couch with my TV and my little man cave. And, you know, I, if there's a succession, I'll watch succession. Um, I've been watching this show called Lucky Hank with Bob Odenkirk. If there's one of those, I watch that. Um, and then there's been nights when there haven't been one of those to watch and I could have turned on The Mandalorian, but I just went down a YouTube hole. So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm obviously not very excited to watch it. I, you yeah. know, I don't feel hungry to see it. I'm like, right. And him and the baby Yoda and they kind of fart around the
0: universe, right?
1: Okay. I mean, I feel like I've seen it.
0: Well, and you had the big, you know, the scene with Luke where we all kind of cried and, you know, and, uh, how do Where's you, it gonna again, go? Yeah, and again, that's the that's the that's the problem. I think with the series model is it, it's kind of the same thing where you always have to be top. You have to have a cliffhanger at the end of the season that everybody just goes, "Oh my god!" And how many of those can you do? You know, right.
1: so. And that character is really the man with no name. I mean, it's really the Clint Eastwood character that we see through the spaghetti westerns. You couldn't have made 35 of those movies, right? No. I mean, it, it, that character doesn't evolve, right? Mm. The Mandalorian doesn't. He's this wandering um, samurai, really. I mean, he's a, he's just a static character. And then the baby is cute and the baby has decided not to train, like rather than that character go down another course, it's like no more of the same.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: at the end of the season, you go, oh, they're going to stick together. But what are they going to do? What's the plan? They have yeah. no mission in life. They're just going to pal around and save another town from some bad guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, it's just we've seen that. We've already seen two seasons of that. So, yeah. Well, and the same thing, like with the Marvel universe, where it's like you said, they build up to the giant thing, you know, Thanos, and now I guess it's going to be, they're going to build up to secret wars, but it's like, how many times can, you know, we, they did it in the comics a million times, but how many times can you build up to, this is the biggest threat that ever happened? Well, and
1: I don't feel like giving you another 10 years of my life to just get, just do it.
0: Like, Mm -hmm. how do you top
1: Thanos? I'm like, do secret wars. Just yeah. now. Just do it now. Just don't think 10 years down the line. Think about this Christmas. Right? Mm-hmm. This July. Make the next. If you want to make Secret Wars 1 and 2, make it split it in half, fine. But don't be like, let's take time to develop, you know, L- pocket lint man. Yeah. His powers. <laughs> just...
0: And that's the thing when you get into, like I was saying, being a lifelong comic book fan where you get into the thing where it's like, okay, I don't know these characters, right. you know. Well, and I was and then, reading all this stuff back in the day.
1: They've now this wasn't a problem with comic books because it was a comic book, but now that you've integrated the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, we like we've had a scene in which the armies of Thanos are coming through their wormholes, and all of the heroes of all the different realms, right? The Asgardians and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain Marvel from the farthest reaches of the galaxy, right? And Ant-Man, and the Avengers, and, you know, they would have had the X-Men there if they had had the licensing for it, but Spider-Man, everybody, everybody, Doctor Strange and the magic folks, right? Wakanda, everybody's there, and literally they almost can't fit everyone on screen, and so then then you go do Ant-Man 3 or whatever, and it's like, where, where's everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Right? I mean, every one of these things has some world-ending. Ant-Man 1 didn't. There was just a bad guy that had his own ant suit, and he was going to do some bad stuff. But it wasn't the end of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. But they have to build. So, I mean, I guess in Ant-Man, you go, okay, well... It's the quantum realm, so nobody else is down in the quantum realm. They kind of pull a hat trick. But that doesn't work. Like, wh- who was the guy with the ten rings? I don't know. You're always facing some big deal. Mm-hmm. Where's, you know, you you, know, you got people on speed dial. Like, call in some backup. Why do you have to do this one alone? Where's everybody else? Well, they're fighting other things. things. And you go... Things are crazy, huh? I mean, I guess the world is, every single day, the world is being averted. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I I guess it just, you eventually get to where it's just like, this, this isn't for me. And Yeah. You know. But I do hope we, it might be, we might be dead and gone, but it, it would be nice to, I think there is an audience that, probably never goes to the movie theater that would like to go to the movie theater but there aren't any movies for them to see
1: yeah and i think that the movie theater has evolved i mean the movie theater used to be the place you'd have to go to see movies and then you could rent a big clunky tape that you had to rewind that Mm. you could play on your tv you remember this of course i do yeah but it was nothing like the experience of going to the movies And then you could get DVDs that looked better, and you could get a bigger TV, but those were really expensive. Now, great big giant flat panel TVs are really cheap comparatively. You can stream stuff in excellent looking stuff, and you can have a sound system that is also comparatively cheap that sounds just as... You can turn your living room into your own private theater, and it really is much the same experience. I still like going, you know, I like a big spectacle like Avatar where you can 3D it and then you're just like, wow, I couldn't do this at home. But it's gotten pretty close. So I think that the idea of going to the theater, like I'm really into the Draft House thing. I love that. I love going sure, to yeah, yeah. go get a beer and it's a kind of a brew pub experience and they show more kind of offbeat films. I like going to see a big popcorn movie in the theater with a the big crowd. But... You know, I miss, I miss movies like you're talking about that aren't a series, that there aren't 10 episodes of this. It's just one hour 45 human scale drama or dramedy or action. You know, it can, they can cross boundaries a little bit. Yeah. I think maybe we
0: need to, we need to make those movies. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot, but yeah, it. You know, and I, as I say this, I'm going to be in the theater for Indiana Jones, but there's not an Indiana Jones movie every six months, you know. Right. So, uh, you know, there's room, there's room for both. But yeah, it's like the the Disney movies, or not the. Di- I mean, they are the Disney movies, but like the Marvel movies. You know, they're going to be on Disney Plus in a couple of months, so it's just like why. You know, right. Except for the certain ones, you know, I will, uh, it's not a Disney one, it's a Sony, but I'll, I'll probably see the, uh, new um, end of the spider verse, you know, cause I thought that was great. You know, the, yeah. the animated one. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It and was I, great. and I watched that at home, but I, I think that's something that I want to see in a theater. So there's, you know, there's still, it's not like I'm totally opposed to to these things, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's if somebody will make a courtroom drama for 20 million dollars and it just finds the right audience and hits you know and then maybe we'll have a resurgence of that kind of thing for a little while but. <laughs> so
1: i have to send you a meme that travis sent me oh, okay from uh you said courtroom drama and it's from uh you know it's the jack nicholson moment you can't handle the truth and they have auto-tuned it to a uh <laughs> to it so i gotta i just have to send it to you it's okay great yeah it made me laugh i like that yeah um all right chris and chris S- talk movies at gmail dot com is our handle we're on the socials like and subscribe us thank you for listening what do you think we want to do next week my friend i don't know before
0: we get to that we didn't actually say what our recommendation or non recommendation was for oh Blue i mean Steel. yeah
1: i would i mean i i recommend it i know i was a little harsh on it I was like yeah but i mean it was it's Catherine Bigelow, and I think even early Catherine Bigelow is pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of problems with the movie, but it obviously didn't hobble you.
0: No, yeah, I, I like I said, this just kind of hit the spot for me. It was just kind of the right, you know, it's not too, uh, too heavy. You know, there's enough fun elements to it, but it's you know, it's still a drama, and um, it's on Prime. So if you have Prime you know, you don't have to pay for it. So it's just right there. Um, yeah, and,
1: there wasn't a point that I wanted to turn it off, you know, mm-hmm. um, and if you
0: like Jamie Lee Curtis and, you know, this is a lesser scene, Jamie Lee Curtis. And again, like I said, a movie that basically nobody talks about. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend it. Agreed. But yeah, as far as a, I, you know what I did today? I went on, uh, chat GPT and I put in a bunch of the movies that we've done on the show that we liked and said, could you recommend uh, and it actually gave like pretty good list, but the funny thing is a lot of them we've already done or we've yeah. seen. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know if there's any, is there a genre or, uh, I mean, do you want to go bad again or try to find something good?
1: You know, I mean, we kind of we haven't done a good old fashioned one of the greats in a while. Okay. Why don't we treat ourselves to dusting off something that we know is good that we haven't seen in a while and we'll. Okay. We'll, you know, because we do a combination of, of so bad they're good and just so bad they're bad and oh, we never heard them before. Let's, you know, un, unknown. Um, But every now and then we go back and we do something like Temple of Doom or Empire Strikes Mm -hmm. Back or something that we is a beloved film to us that we haven't talked about yet. Let's look at let's look at that and see if there isn't something that is a known good, but maybe uh,
0: needs a little dust blown off of it. Okay, I like that idea. Cool. So prayer of the roller boys it is <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that movie was called <laughs>
1: really right. yikes. yikes yikes all right Already. well um it's a pleasure as always unless you have anything else to add to our listeners i think that's it for we me. will talk to you all next week